broadcasting from the third coast and recorded live at Tripod South Studios. This is The Hango Show. I need to get inside your head. I got to know if you insane. I want to swim around your bloodstream. What? I said hero. Hello. Hey everybody, welcome to the Hango oh, Show. Oh damn it, I didn't this know we were recording. When you walk in here, it's always recording. This is, this is, like, this Did, is, is it like Dennis's bedroom on Always exactly. Sunny? Exactly. <laughs> Everyone's being recorded whether they know it or not. Hey everybody, welcome to the Hango Show. I'm your host, Hango Wood, and I'm in here tonight with uh, my beautiful wife, Tinker. And we're going to do Hango Explains again because I found someone my wife has never heard of. How you dun, 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 dun. Yeah, it's effects. not it's not very often that happens because I may not know much about somebody, but I will I would have heard of them like it would ring a bell. This one, oblivious, a, a completely no idea who this p- person was, but that excites me. Yeah, um, picture it, two thousand and eight. A young Hango Wood is playing Fallout Three. At our townhouse apartment. Only been, I was going to say, only been married, what, a year, if that? Uh, probably about a year and a half. Yeah. This is 2008, 2009. 2009, I guess. Yeah. We just moved into that apartment at the end of 2008. Yeah. Um, playing Fallout 3, which is a fantastic game, set in a post-apocalyptic uh, Washington, D.C. And I'm poking around all these buildings, and I run up on a, a man named Abraham Washington. And he gave me a quest. To be Nicolas Cage. He wanted me to go to the, to the uh, Hall of Records and bring, bring him the Declaration of Independence. National Treasure. I actually like those movies when so I watched them. I, I make it to the National Archives, and I go to the room where the Declaration of Independence is at, and there's a robot there guarding it, wearing a powdered wig. <laughs> and... That robot's name in the game was Button Gwinnett. And I didn't think anything else about it. Did the mission, went on. Mm-hmm. And Do you think it was probably just a made-up person? No, it sounds I, like a made-up no, no, name. Because he, he, they have put, they've made this robot believe that he was actually Button Gwinnett. Oh, okay. And I don't know, the other day, I don't know whim, I remembered that and decided to figure <laughs> out who the fuck Button Gwinnett was. And I went down a very shallow rabbit hole simply because he was so insignificant. There really wasn't a lot written no. about him. Those are usually the people I want to know about. The more, you know. Much like Blackbeard. Yeah. You know, not a lot of information out there Because you him. actually said there was less on him than on Blackbeard. Pretty close. Yeah. Just because um, the best way to describe Button Gwinnett is... He is uh, the least important person to do something incredibly important. He's the most insignificant person to do something that was that that changed history. He was the Forrest Gump, <laughs> kind of. <laughs> um, Button Gwinnett was born on March third, seventeen thirty-five, in Down Hatherley, Gloucestershire. Look at me. I kind of pronounce it. I think they pronounce it Gloucestershire. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, don't don't correct me. Um, His father 
was of Welsh, Welsh descent, which is where they think they got their name, for mm-hmm. the county of Gwynedd in, in Wales. And isn't Gloucester a port city? Or it's sure. on the water? I'm, I'm not familiar. Um, I think it's in south, southern part of England, maybe. I can't remember well, yeah, for sure. like we can't Google this Yeah, shit. we're recording here. We have Chinese food to get when we get done with this. <laughs> I ain't going to worry about Googling okay. various places they're at. Okay. Um, his father was a, uh, a reverend, Samuel Gwinnett, and his mother's name was Anne. Not sure what her... No, what that's her not uncommon not was. to have a maiden name. Um, he was named for his mother's cousin, whose name was Barbara Button. So any relation used, to Benjamin Button? Uh, probably so. Um, and she became his godmother. So he was named after his godmother. He used, okay. They used his godmother's surname as his first name. Yet again, not uncommon. He was a third of seven children. And it's believed that he attended uh, the college school in uh, Gloucester Cathedral, which is now known as the King's School. The college school sounds like some ripoff. <laughs> yeah. It's like a, it's For like, $19.99. Like DeVry like Tech or something, yeah. you know. It's the college school. You know. Um, the college that is a school. In, in April, on April 19th, 1757, he married Anne Bourne, and okay. they had three daughters. Um, he was noted as having a commanding appearance. He was irritable in his temperament. And he was very known as being vain and overbearing in his demeanor. I was going to ask if this person was related to you, but you are not vain. I'm, not, I'm the least vain person, obviously. Yeah, but you are irritable. I, I can be irritable. Um, he, they think that he apprenticed as a grocer. Oh, like a green grocer. Right. And yeah. then later as an ironmonger. Or actually, they, I would have said they probably would have called him a monger, like a vegetable monger or fish monger. No, they were known as ringgrocers. Okay. Uh, then he, he apprenticed as an ironmonger. Um, at some point, he tried to open his, try to become a grocer himself, and it failed. Yeah. Go figure. Yeah. Let's go become a re- reoccurring theme with Button. Um, Failure. Failure upon failure upon failure. Um, so he tried to work as a green grocer and it failed. At some point, he, he moved to Bristol, which we talked about in the last episode. Yeah. Big, big port mm-hmm. in England. He moved to Bristol. He's like, you know what? There's a lot of opportunity out there now. We got a new, whole new world opened up to us. I'm going to become a merchant. Why not? And so uh, him and his family decided... Uh, they were just going to go to the new world and, and, and try it uh, because he was up to his ears in debt. Oh, well, yeah. That'll failed, do it. With a failed business, he's like, fuck it. We're going, I'm out. We're going to the colonies. So in, um, in 1765, him and his family got aboard his ship called the Nancy. And the they, Nancy? The Nancy. The and, Nancy. And they sailed to Philadelphia. He attempted... Um, Different pursuits in, in in the mercantile business, all yeah. the way from New from Newfoundland, all the way to Port Royal. Okay, that's a wide range yeah. there. That's where he tried to do his shipping at, and um, guess what? Failed. It failed. Uh, so at some point, he moved from Philadelphia to Charlestown, South Carolina. Okay, and from there, he moved even, even further south to Savannah, Georgia. Okay, Savannah being one of the oldest cities mm-hmm. in the New World, yeah. so still you no. Know, Oldest continually populated city, I should say. And somewhere I would like to visit. I agree. 
Um, he bought a 35-square-mile island known as St. Catherine's Island. Imagine and, how much that'd be worth now, if it even still exists. Does St. Catherine um, Island still exist? I think so. Okay, I was going to say, well, hurricanes There's a things. lot of those islands, like St. Simon, all those that off, barrier. The, off the coast. Yeah. Um, and he's like, he's decided he was going to be a rice farmer. That's a good area for Yep. That's what all, the, all those islands are known yep. for. Um, and in uh, 1767, he was appointed as the Justice of the Peace or the Sheriff. Uh, of the parish. Uh, a year later, he became part of uh, the Georgia Colonial Assembly, but really didn't care anything about politics. He was just like, <laughs> okay, you know, whatever. whatever. No, what no else? Big thing. Um, most of that was because... Is he a millennial? Well, they don't know if he had three or if he had four four daughters. Um, I heard most, most of the stuff I read or I listened to or watched... Uh, said he had three daughters. Mm-hmm. A couple said he had four, but I'm going to go with the majority and say yeah. three. Um, two of his three daughters became very sick at that time. How old would they have been? Uh, I don't know. I think they, they, Young. Were, they were born before they left England. When did they it's leave the, England? They left England in, what did I say, 65, and this is in 67. Oh, so they were probably they were they, kids. They could be young, right. Yeah. Um, Possibly even a toddler. So two of his three daughters weren't. Doing, we're very sick, and plus, his farm was failing. Well, figure. here's the thing: they probably got sick because it's a rice farm, and what do you do? You flood them, well, and I mean, so mosquitoes. From I think a lot of it was they just they were sickly, sickly. kids. Yeah, you know that happened a lot then. And plus, moving around so much uh, in your early life is not really that great for you, especially back then when there's all kinds of diseases still around that you, that can't be treated. Um. He eventually went bankrupt again. Again. <laughs> and he lost his farm and the entire island. Uh, he was allowed to keep the house and still live on the island, but it was no longer his land. Was it like a, I guess, like a lease or? Just kind of like we do now. If somebody declares bankruptcy, they still get to keep their house. Yeah. So yeah. whoever owned the land or whoever he bought it from or whatever allowed him to still live there. But it was no longer his, his land or his farm. Um. Along this time, he met a, he met a new friend, which we all like meeting new friends. Mm. Um, a man named Lyman Hall. He was a, he was a physician from New England. That is such an old name, Lyman Hall. That's <laughs> I'm pretty sure there's a. It's a deacon in a church. Well, I was thinking it sounds Lyman. like a, a, a building on a college campus, yeah, like Lyman, Lyman Hall. Hall. Yeah. <laughs> um, Lyman moved to Georgia to begin uh, rice farming as well. Mm. He, I don't know if he just got tired of living in New England, tired of, of being a doctor, but he decided yeah. he wanted to go become a farmer. This meeting is what really what really set Button up um, for everything else in his life. Uh, Lyman was a staunch believer in American independence. Okay. He believed the colonies should not be dependent on King George. He did not believe in taxation. And he kind of started... Putting these seeds. I'm not 100 percent sure this isn't you, and it's, that they're well, in, you didn't go no. back in time. But we're, you we're probably good people. What can I say? Oh shit. Um. And so, uh, Button to begin with was like, "You're crazy. There's no chance the colonies could de- defend themselves against the greatest military power England. in Europe. Yeah, yeah. yeah, or in the world at that time. Well, in all just, honesty, I mean, just the navy alone." 
Oh, the, the Navy. Navy. Are you kidding me? And, um, but Lyman just kept at him and eventually button came around. Yeah. He's like, you know, I'm, I'm with you. I, yeah. I, I, I agree. He beat him into submission. <laughs> Not really beat him. Just, just used, talked him into talk, submission. Talked him into submission. Um, button got this idea in his head. Like, Hey, I'm already the sheriff and I failed at everything else in my life. I might be a really good military leader. So he got this aspiration that since he couldn't run a business, he could probably I shoot. I failed at everything. Let me try the military. <laughs> Let me try leading men into battle. Yeah. That might work out for me. So he got this thought in his head that he, he could become. Um, Which does make sense. A lot of great military leaders are terrible business people. Well, so. a lot of great military leaders were shitty military leaders to begin with. George Washington. True. Shitty military leader when he when he was with the and there's English. arguments to be made that he wasn't that great during the revolution there we either. Go. Um so in seventeen seventy six he got enough backing and he was elected as the commander of Georgia's Continental Battalion. He he just he with Lyman Hall uh mm-hmm. speaking up for him, he got enough support to be elected as as the leader. Every say Lyman Hall, I expect this cartoon of this building talking no. like with little <laughs> stick arms and stick legs. Um, not long after, after he, not long after he, uh, he stepped down because he was appointed mm-hmm. to the Continental Congress and was replaced by a man named Lachlan McIntosh. Lock- what is up with okay. these names? Jesus. Lachlan McIntosh was of Irish descent, not an Irish, I'm sorry, Scottish, Scottish descent. Um, just a quick recap, him and his brother both were were known to be great military men. Um, okay. Right before this happened, uh, the Jacobite Rebellion had happened in Scotland, mm-hmm. and they were getting ready to get on a boat and go back and fight. But they got That's talked out of it. Battle. They got what? talked out of it to stay in Good, stay in because Savannah. that would not have been smart. <laughs> and um, so Lachlan replaces him. And this kind of pisses off Button. He saw it as, hey, he's, they're giving this guy my job. You know, and I think a big problem Because was, I have failed all the way well, up this high. I think the problem is, he's like, shit, I, got, I, got to, I have to relinquish this duty now. Money. And they're going to put Lachlan in there. And they're going to realize he's a better military man than I am. Oh, he's one of those yeah. people. Um, and so, uh, they, they sent... Uh, Button and Lyman Hall to Philadelphia okay, uh, to go to the Second Continental Congress, which most people know. If you don't, it's a great place to be. Second Continental Congress is when they, they began debating independence. Was it in Philadelphia? The, mm-hmm, in Philadelphia. They began debating uh, whether the colonies should push for independence from England. So... Uh, they get there, and there's not a lot written about them that much. Well, let's um, be real. There are some big players at that thing. Yeah. So if you weren't one of the big players. Button w- wouldn't really note it as having a real voice during the debates for independence. Yeah. If you want to see what it was like, if you go watch uh, HBO's John Adams miniseries. Excellent, excellent, excellent. It It is Really well done of how the debates went on. There was it was and the it political like, how how politics really hasn't changed. It wasn't like they all all these delegates got there from the thirteen colonies and were like, yes, we're all for independence. That was no. 
South Carolina and Virginia particularly. And wasn't it Rhode Island or can one of those? New York wasn't all for it. South oh, Carolina was who definitely was not the for guy? it. He was a he may have been Pennsylvania. He was mm-hmm. a Quaker. And John yeah. Adams called out and said he was letting his religion get in the way. Of, yeah. yeah. Because and Benjamin Franklin. Was like, you stepped over the line. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, South Carolina, Virginia, a lot of the delegates from there didn't want to secede because they were making so much money from, from trade with uh, England. Um, but there wasn't really a lot written about Button that much. Um, didn't have a big voice during the debates. But John Adams wrote in his notes of the meetings, quote, Hall and Gwinnett are both intelligent and spirited men who provide a powerful addition to our phalanx. So that's something for him to compliment yeah, I mean, somebody. Of course, any kind of support they could get, they they were, they were happy to have yeah. it because these men wanted it gone. Um, while at the Continental Congress, he was nominated at, as a candidate for a position as Brigadier General in the Continental Army to lead the First Regiment of the Continental Army but lost because George Washington asked to have Lockleaf McIntosh become Brigadier General. And you give Washington what he asked for. And remember Lockleaf McIntosh, the guy that Gwinnett was already pissed off about being replaced as? Hmm? You remember Lockleaf McIntosh? Yeah, I remember Lockleaf McIntosh. He was the one who who replaced Button Gwinnett Mm -hmm. as the commander. As the commander, yep. And so this just stuck in his crawl even more. Man, he hated him. He's, you know, we all have that person in our life, too, (laughs) where it's just like, fuck you. But Lachlan wasn't doing any. He was just doing as he was asked. It it wasn't a personal vendetta, you know, but it was like every chance Button button, button wanted to be this military man. Every time he had a grasp at the ring, they're like, but we have Lachlan McIntosh, who's got already got experience. Why would we want this? Lachlan McIntosh can suck my dick. <laughs> Why would we want this failed rice farmer to lead the men when we have Lachlan McIntosh there? <laughs> Such a there? valid point. So valid. Um, so, let's see where I get to. Okay. Uh, so, they became this little rivalry between him and Lachlan at this time. Uh, in 17, they went back home. Uh, John Adams, it's believed John Adams sent him home um, with a copy of of the um, the state constitution to kind yeah. of, as a kind of an outline of mm-hmm. what to use. Uh, in seventeen seventy seven, the president or governor, we call him now, of Georgia, suddenly died. Button was appointed. Who was the governor? You don't know. Okay. Yeah, that's fine. Um, Button was appointed to take his place. So. How does he keep just. (laughs) You talk about the definition of failing upward. It's because he had a rally of men around him who were willing to support him. He had the majority. And this is what Thomas Jefferson. He must have been very charismatic and likable. This is what Thomas Jefferson warned about democracy democracy is nothing more than mob rule it's a popularity contest it's it's 51 percent taking away the rights of the 49 but what's the alternative uh self-reliance okay we all know by anyone that is just never gonna happen okay anyway um so as as when he got appointed as now the first american governor of georgia um, 
At this point, he began purging the government and the military of all his political rivals. Bye-bye, McIntosh. Or is he still up now, north? What were you saying about how great the democracy was? Well, it's better than the what, alternative. What, like having a man come in and purge his political opponents? Oh, my God. I rest my case. So you, tr- you, tr- you ask for democracy and you end up getting a tyrant. Um, so now, not only was he the governor of Georgia, he was also now the commander-in-chief of the Georgia militia. He was the highest-ranking military com- commander in Georgia, much like a governor now is over the National Guard of that state. I am not going to say a name right now, but this <laughs> makes me think of someone in my work history in the past few years. It's just like, I'm going to fuck up and move up a spot. <laughs> I'm going to be charismatic at people like me, and that's all that matters. Not that I can do the job. So now, here's Button, you know, king shit of crap mountain. Yeah. Um, And he has let all, now he's letting this stuff go to his head. Oh, of course he <laughs> because, is. you know, now he's not only the governor, but now he is the commander over Lachlan McIntosh. If I were McIntosh, I'd be like, George Washington up in Virginia, can you get knocking on his door? So, uh, Button decided, you know what we need to do? We need to invade Florida. Because, yeah, that makes sense. We need to secure our southern borders. And it, it, it's Spanish at this no, time. It's, oh, it's, it's not English Spanish. Rule. Okay, okay. So, he's like, we need to secure our southern borders from the English. So, let's go invade Florida. Because we have nothing else to do. Uh, well, McIntosh and his brother were both dead set against this. They said, well, because like, we don't have the supplies, yeah, we don't have the troops, and we don't have any kind of reconnaissance on what's going on down there. Plus, we don't have any backup for hundreds of miles because we're down here in Georgia. Do you think Button kept pushing this because the other people were so anti? It's like I have to I do think this now. He was doing this. Just to make McIntosh, he was sending him into a losing battle to make yeah, him look so like a Yeah, so he fool. could throw him under the bus. Right. Or wagon. Or carriage, whatever. <laughs> carriage at the time, yeah. Um, and McIntosh and his brother both were totally against it due to supplies and numbers. Well, and common sense. Um, at this point, Button said, your brother's treasonous. Have him arrested. Oh, my God. For spe- for, you're trying to stand up for the king. So Button, I'm not even going to say who this sounds like. Button but had McIntosh's brother arrested for treason. Um, the General Assembly then voted in favor of invading British-controlled East Florida, and it failed horribly. Well, yeah, I wonder why. I wonder why. Because it was stupid, that's why. Um, after that happened, Gwinnett and McIntosh began blaming each other for the failed invasion. Um, and let's be honest, Florida was full of Florida men, so. Well. And even then. Natives, too. Oh, um, yeah, the natives will fuck you up. Yeah. So, Gwinnett and McIntosh began bickering back and forth about the failed invasion on the floor of the Georgia Assembly. And the debate got really fucking heated. Was it like, what's his face that hit the other guy with the cane during the, prior to the Civil War? <laughs> Did he kill him? I don't know, but they, they was a, there was a lot of bickering back and forth on both sides. Um, the breaking point of this was when McIntosh stood up and said, Mr. Gwinnett is nothing more than a scoundrel and a lying rascal. 
Um, I kind of agree with that. And this was done on the floor of the Georgia Assembly. Uh, things were usually kept pretty civil. Civil, even during debate. Um, if you want an example, look at. I would have screamed, "Button Gwinnett can go fuck himself." Uh, go if you'll watch today, like questions for the Prime Minister. Oh, I love to watch questions you know, for the Prime that Minister. That kind of debating yeah. going back and forth. Yeah, I love banging it. Banging of the canes, the yes, whatnot. Yes, yeah. love it. Um, so for him to stand up and yell this out at the governor and his commanding officer, quote unquote. Well, we're using that term loosely. Um, was a big deal. Gwinnett then then sent McIntosh a written challenge demanding either an apology or satisfaction. McIntosh, McIntosh no. sent back a drawing of a middle finger. And Did he really? <laughs> really. Oh, my God. I wish he would have. It uh, probably would have been a V. McIntosh refused this. And when it said, fine, I challenge you to a duel. What an idiot. You hadn't read any of this, have you? you don't know no, I purposefully, I told you. I told you I was not going to read any of this. So on May 16th, 1777. They met in a field. 1777. Like, there is not other shit There's to be worried about. war going on. Well, that's because right there wasn't much going on in Georgia either. So, May 16th, 1777, they met in a field owned by a man named James Wright. which is That is the first normal name in this entire thing. <laughs> it, it was right outside of Savannah. Um, the two men walked 12 paces. So here's, was the capital of Georgia then Savannah? I think it was Augusta at this time. Okay, still that same area, yeah. yeah. Uh, they walked 12 paces, and according to reports, they turned and leveled their pistols and almost fired at the exact same time. Uh, Gwinnett was hit in his upper thigh, and McIntosh, it just says he was hit in the leg. It doesn't say exactly where. Upper thigh, that makes me think a house. Did he walk around with a cane addicted to Vicodin? Uh, no, he died. Oh, but when it did? Sorry. <laughs> uh, McIntosh recovered from his wounds. That's what you get when you talk shit about That's somebody. Right. You, you get clapped. Um, McIntosh recovered from his wounds, no problem, but Gwinnett's wounds became gangrious. Oh, so he died of infection. Three days later. Which makes you think he probably wasn't in the best health to begin with. Well, I'm thinking three days. Usually it would take that long for in fact that tells me, yeah, he Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh he died. Did he on, roll around in shit afterwards? May nineteenth, seventeen seventy seven. I skipped something very important. The what? whole reason I did this. You skipped it on purpose or no, on accident? On accident. I just now remembered. Button Gwinnett was the second signer of the Declaration of Independence. He was the he was the second person to sign it after John Hancock, which is the most recognizable Famous, yeah. signature on the document. Button Gwinnett was the second. That's what signer. a lot of people don't realize either. Why his signature was so big is because it was the first yeah, one. Yeah, he had plenty of room to scribble on. Yeah, and they're like, well, fuck. There's fifty fifty two of us got to sign this thing. So like, let's bitch get in line. <laughs> I got here early. Yeah, that was his most notable accomplishment in his entire life. Was being the second signer of the Declaration of and Independence. And Gwinnett County being named after him. Mm -hmm. I would imagine Gwinnett County is named after yeah. him. But there's also a McIntosh County named after Lachlan McIntosh. Oh, do they hate each other? Is that a big rivalry <laughs> like in football or so. something? That would be awesome <laughs> if it was. Um, so he died on, night, on May 19th, 1777 at the age of 42. Oh, shit. That's my age. Yeah, they're very young. He was a very young guy. That's why I don't go around dueling. Um, Gwinnett's allies... Had McIntosh charged with murder. Fuck you. Fuck you. That was a duel, and that's that son of a... 
Uh, he was acquitted in the ensuing good, trial. Good. George Washington, being afraid that Gwinnett's people would try to find out another way to avenge his death, um, ordered McIntosh to report to the Continental Army headquarters. Good. Uh, and he's at, probably like, who the hell knows what these crazy Georgia people, they're just going rogue. He, he, uh, he got word of it, and he ordered him to report on October 10th. Uh, Button Gwinnett was buried at Colonial Park Cemetery in Savannah. Um, but they really don't know where. Because at some point, he was so just not even thought about. Someone stole the headstone, and they used it for a countertop in a tavern. You know what? I don't feel bad about that because he was a he was a dick. He, he kind of was. Um, Good. You need to be forgotten. And at some point, I didn't want to go all into this. This could have been a show on its own. Uh, this representative, either in the late nineteen sixties or early nineteen seventies, some representative from from Savannah decided, "Hey, we need to find the bones of of oh, Button Gwinnett." So they go dig up the spot where they think Button's buried, and and sure enough, there is a a femur located in in the casket mm-hmm. uh, with considerable damage to it. They're like, oh, got to be him. Yeah. Send it off to the Smithsonian. The guy from the Smithsonian's like, no, this femur is way too small to be to, to be what we think Button's yeah. height would be. Yeah. And it's probably a woman. And the guy from Savannah's like, fuck you. That's his leg. Uh, I want a second opinion. Oh, my God. This sounds and like Button Gwinnett reincarnated. It gets better. So then, apparently, I guess some of the founding, the Georgia founding fathers are buried in Augusta, and some rep from Augusta is like, you know what? He belongs with the rest of the guys. We want him here. So the dude from Savannah is like, fuck you. You ain't getting the bones and put them in a copper-lined box, kept them in his garage. I'm sorry, guest room. It was kept in his guest room so nobody else could get the bones and take them to Augusta and bury them. Well, here's the thing. Why... If you cared so much about these bones, you should have turned them over to a museum and let them keep it. Well, there are fragments. I would imagine there are museums in Savannah and Augusta. There's there is a, a museum in Savannah that ha- still has the actual pistols that were used in the duel, and they perfect. And they've got a small little glass jar with fragments of what's believed to be bones of, of buttons of a button um, Gwinnett. Come to find out, it's probably just a deer or something. Yeah, probably so. Yeah. Um, but Savannah, the, that, that colonial cemetery in Savannah has, they used, which I, point this sounds like a, a place I would love to go to build the wall. They used old headstones okay. at, as, as part of the wall because so many people are buried there. Yeah. There's no telling how many, how many times people were buried on top of each other in that cemetery. Um, so fast forward now. Okay. 2010. Okay. 10, 12 at, years ago. At a, there's a Sotheby's auction. A Sotheby's auction. That's a high class, highfalutin auction. Um, a letter with the signature of Button Gwinnett sold for $722,500. That has to be someone who's collecting. Apparently, uh, Button Gwinnett's signature, his autograph, is one of the most sought out in the entire world. Because, because he has because there's, there's only 51 known, and the majority of them are on historical documents that can never be owned say, by somebody. Yeah. Like um, Declaration of Independence. It's considered part kind of of the holy trinity for autograph collectors. What's the trinity? Uh, Button Gwinnett. Okay. William Shakespeare. Ooh, good and one. And Julius Caesar. 
Julius Caesar has signatures Apparently somewhere? so. Uh, but yeah, there's only 51 known known existing uh, documents or letters with his signature on them. And like I said, most of them are uh, government documents that will be kept. Until they fall and, apart. And Button also helped, helped write the first constitution of the state of Georgia. Did he put in it that Macintosh wasn't allowed to be there? I would not have been surprised. He was a very vindictive man. He was a very vindictive man. And it makes you, I don't know if his life made him that way or his well, life turned out that way because he was that way. All three of his daughters died childless. I don't know if they were younger when they passed. Oh, it sounds like the um, the two, two were, were very young. Um, but his third daughter uh, passed without having children. Um, but still, that so, doesn't I mean, he, he had a very, a very sad life. But a lot of it kind of brought on himself. I was going to say. He reminds me of one of these people who thinks they're going to be something. They've, they've planned their whole life to be something big. And everything they tried, they just failed at. And they can't let it go. That sounds like... It, it sounds like a millennial who wants to be the biggest and baddest thing in the world but really doesn't want to put the work in behind it. Yep. They just want it handed to them. He wants to hop from this thing to that thing to that mm-hmm. thing. Yep. And he never found. He found a bullet in his leg. Well. He, a well-deserved one. In my yeah, life. it was. <laughs> uh, Lachlan McIntosh went on to become a, uh, a general. How did he spell Lachlan? L-A-C-H-L-A-N-D? Or L-O-C-H-L-A-N-D? Let me pull it up here right quick. If he was from Scotland, it might have been L-O-C-H-L-A-N-D. This here, it was... I can't find it. L A C H L A N. Oh, L A N. It doesn't have a D on the end. Yep. Okay. Lock-lock. Okay. And um, yeah, so that was the story of Button Gwinnett, the second signer of the Declaration of Independence. Any I questions? would like to say I'm underwhelmed, but I'm really not because <laughs> you found someone that I didn't know anything about and I held off reading anything. I did not Google this person at all, which is you threatened not to tell me because for fear that I would do that, but I held to my word. Well, the other day when I was like, you want to know who it's about? And you said, sure. And I said, Button Gwinnett. You said, who the fuck is Button Gwinnett? <laughs> so, well, you're going to find out. You were like, you didn't fully, like, you were pretty sure I didn't know, but there's this little part well, of I just you never that's know like. If you find, but I know you're not as, you're not as up on that part of history as I am. So I, I kind of figured you didn't know things about I know the big players. Yeah. I mean, like, Founding fathers like you, you know a lot about Patrick, Patrick Henry. Oh, Patrick! You know Henry the name, fascinating. You know, but some people yeah. don't know a lot about the yeah. guy. Yeah. You know? So yeah, that's the story of Button Gwinnett. Short, sweet, to the point. Yep. We get some Chinese food. Yes, I'm, I'm thinking we get beef and broccoli. Go, blow my mind. Thank you all for listening to this episode of the Hango Show. Be sure to go by tripodbroadcasting.com to check out all the shows in the network. Also, check out our sponsors down in the show notes like evils.com, E-A-B-L-E-S, where you can save 15% with the promo code HANGO. Also, check out MyDelta8.com. Tank, I love you, hun. Love you, biggers. Okay. I love all y'all out there, too, for listening. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.